Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Live with Doug. We are thinking through God's Word together. Glad to have you along. Good morning, Anthony and Keith and Michael and the rest of you who are with us. So today I'm going to share a little bit about what we do in our home gathering. Uh, hey, Alan. Good to have you with us as well. Uh, someone sent me a message, asked me if I could describe the flow of, uh, of how we do things on Sundays. And so I thought I would do that uh, for you all. You might be interested. Um, we're, we're still figuring this out. If you've been following along, you know this. Um, we don't, I wouldn't call us a church yet, <laughs> at least not a local church. Obviously, we're part of the, the body of Christ, but we're still sorting this out. So, uh, you know, and, and I wouldn't say that the way we do it, that there is no prescribed um, order of service because there is no service in the New Testament. Um, so what we do is not what, you know, every gathering needs to do. But it, uh, we're trying to sort this through. And we're, we're striving to accomplish the things that we see clearly in, in the New Testament. We've been over this, right? The Great Commission. Uh, make disciples. Make learners of Jesus. And you do that by first baptizing. When someone comes to faith, you baptize them. And then you teach them to obey all that he commanded. And then we see in the book of Acts and other places in the New Testament what the church did, how they set out to accomplish this. And, and one of the passages that, uh, that we really kind of camp on is uh, here in Acts 2, verses 42 and following. They, the, the Christians, the church, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. So we spend a, uh, a fair amount of time uh, in the scriptures discussing together uh, the the New Testament, the whole Bible. Um, fellowship, you know, that's a that's kind of a nebulous word. Uh, it, it means to have things in common, and in particular, Christian fellowship, of course, gathers around Christ. We want everything we do to be centered on the fact that we have Jesus in common. That's, that's why we are gathering. We're not a, we're not a sports club, a fan club, uh, you know, some hobby, some interest. We're not a home association or, or whatever. We're the reason for our relationship with one another is Christ. That's the heart of what I think fellowship means. Uh, they met together for the breaking of bread. We eat together a lot, uh, every Sunday and, and other times as well. And to prayer, uh, which is, pretty standard fare for a, a gathering. And I love I love how this goes on. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Uh, we haven't had any of those yet, but you know, who knows what the Lord will do. <laughs> and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. We're beginning to see some of this and I'll, I'll share that with you a little bit later here today, uh, just how this is kind of coming about unplanned, but it's just sort of a natural outworking of the body of Christ being devoted to one another like this. Uh, they began selling their property and, and possessions, were sharing them with all as they might have need, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple. So there in the early church, of course, since they were all Jews, they would go to the temple and try to persuade others of, uh, of Jesus being the Messiah. And they were breaking bread, having meals together from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, Love that. Glad their hearts are sincere. They're praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day, those who are being saved. That's the, that's the picture in my mind that uh, is, I want to, I want to experience that. I want us to become that. And 
if you reflect on that for a moment, isn't that what we all want? To be part of the community of believers where we are learning from God's word and we're building those relationships with one another, where we love each other, we're committed to each other because of Christ, we're eating together and building those relationships and having an impact in the world and all of that. Uh, I know in the last few weeks I've been pushing against the traditional model and trying to show you that the idea of going to a service in a building and singing a few songs and and having someone lecture you for 45 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever your church is, and you know having that event as worship, I've been trying to show that's not in the scripture, and there's a downside to it. And I, I'm not, I know for some, and I've received comments, pushback from some, and I get it. I was, again, a pastor in that model for 25 years. It's, it's, I'm not just trying to say, you know, throw stones at that model. I'm not naive. I recognize very few of you are going to change anything based on what I'm teaching here. Uh, number one, you may not be persuaded. Number two, you may be at a loss for how you could bring about this kind of change. I, I don't know either, but I will tell you this side. The kinds of fellowship that we have and the love already in just um, seven months, eight months maybe, and the, the, the ways in which we are moving toward what I just read to you from Acts 2, I, I haven't experienced anything like that in the traditional model. And I have not heard very many people describe what we are now experiencing. And I'm just telling you, it, it's... I would have said we had it in the other model, to at least to some degree. And now I realize, yeah, it's just not the same. So anyway, I recognize I'm not going to persuade you all. That's, that's okay. Uh, you've got to pursue this, uh, pursue you know what, what you believe the church is supposed to do and how it's supposed to do it. Uh, uh, you've got to figure that out. I'm just trying to show you what I think the scripture reveals and what we are seeing here. Um, and people keep asking me, is this scalable? Can we go beyond our little home here? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. I, I think they did in the early church. So I think it's possible. Um, but we're, I'm swimming upstream because uh, the whole, the last 1,800, almost 1,900 years of church history have pushed the other way. So anyway, so let me, let me share a little bit about uh, what we are doing. Oh, let me, one other thing I want to share. As a teacher... I was uh, told yesterday that uh, we have a, a couple of families in our current fellowship that were part of uh, the church that I was pastoring, and um, they've told me, and my kids have told me, they have learned far more in our gatherings here in my home uh, on Sunday mornings uh, than they ever did when I was preaching in the traditional setting. And these are people that told me, and I've been told this my entire career, so to speak, that I'm a, a good teacher, effective preacher. They love my preaching. And yet something about the model. Uh, I've, I've been told over the years, I'm very engaging and really good at communicating. And I don't say that 
to build myself up. I say that to actually <laughs> to uh, to humble myself and the rest of you who are preachers. Uh, we are just not teaching. People are not learning what we think they are, what we would like to think they are learning. Well, at least in my experience, my classroom teaching and what we're doing here has borne far more fruit in, uh, in people understanding the scripture than sermons ever did. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's time for engagement and questions and other people share. So it's not just coming from me. And that all helps clarify. Uh, I know uh, some of you may know Jeff Volker. He's at uh, in, uh, in Arizona. His uh, ministry is uh, In-Depth Studies. If you go to IDS.org, I believe it is. Uh, if you just search for In-Depth Studies, I'm sure you'll uh, get there. Uh, I haven't been to his, uh, his church, but as I understand it, they, they're a little more of a traditional service in one sense. Uh, again, I haven't, this is not firsthand knowledge, so I may be wrong about that. But as I understand it, when he teaches, he doesn't preach in our normal mindset, but he teaches and then takes questions all throughout his teaching time, which I think is great. And my guess is the people who, uh, who come to their gatherings learn far more than, uh, than you did yesterday. As a pastor, I'll tell you one of the things that's always discouraging is uh, when I would talk to people afterward or a few days later, even in my own family, you know, what, uh, what, did, what did I say on Sunday? What did I teach? And they very rarely remembered uh, those things. Anyway, all right, so here's what we do. I was asked uh, to describe how we, uh, how we go about things, and here's what we do. So uh, people come over uh, around 10 o'clock. Some come over, you know, an hour earlier. <laughs> we, we have told them uh, this is, you know, our home is, is open to you. And uh, so people, people come. And it, again, it's not a service. It's, a, it's the gathering of God's people. So they come uh, usually around 945 or so. And we have coffee and we've got, well, lately it's been really bad for you stuff. Lots of donuts and that kind of thing, which... Uh, uh, Try to eat healthy, try to encourage people to eat healthy. Anyway, that's another story. Um, we have coffee, and there's just lots of conversations, which is great. And, and I walk around, and I can hear what uh, what they're talking about. And, and it's just people loving each other. Sometimes there are immediately serious conversations, scriptural conversations that, you know, almost people walk in the door, boom. Like, Here, I'm going to tell you this or ask you this. And other times, just, you know, fun stuff. But it's also uh, the culmination of a week where, People have gotten together. Remember, I, I read to you uh, here in the early church there, they were taking their meals together house to house. That's exactly uh, what's happening here. So we're in Colorado Springs. We have a couple uh, young ladies that drive down from Denver uh, because they started here. One of them started here, and then she got transferred to uh, her job up in Denver. But she and, and another friend of hers come, and they come down for Sundays, but they also come down and meet with uh as our gals, our ladies get together on, on Thursdays and then they get together with, they'll drive down or, or meet halfway and some of the other gals will meet with them for coffee. So there's just a lot of, uh, and, and the guys do that kind of thing too. So there's a lot of uh, love and, re and relationship among the people throughout the week. And, and of course, texting and, and those kind of things. So it's not, again, it's not just about Sunday morning. 
So we gather on Sundays and there has been this interaction all week. So there's lots of catching up conversation, sharing going on there. And then, uh, so we do that about nine, you know, 10 o'clock is sort of the stated come gather time, but people come early, come a little bit later. Then somewhere around 10, 15, 10, 20, we, uh, we move toward the living room. And uh, so yesterday, if I can remember how we did this, we don't always do it exactly the same order, but yesterday uh, we, we sang some songs. And I think I have mentioned this in another uh, live stream, but one of the things we, we do is we, we pull up the lyrics on our, song, on our uh, phones and we walk through them. We, we talk through them. And, uh, and I'll, just, I'll just throw out, you know, does anybody, is there a song in someone's heart? Is there a song that, that, uh, that you think would be encouraging to the rest of us? Because in Ephesians and Colossians, we're told to sing to one another. Right, sing to one another uh, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You're familiar with that uh, that passage. Uh, is it Colossians three? I believe um, it's worth looking at here because, well, because it's in the Bible. Yeah, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. That's plural you. So you all, y'all as the uh, church, let the word of Christ, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. And it, and again, I stress, I don't know how that is accomplished in the traditional model. It's, at least it seems like the traditional model of church fights against this. We are to be teaching and admonishing one another. Yes, the elders, we talked about this. The elders have a key role. And I'm, as I said, persuaded that if the elders did what the Bible calls elders to do. And if we get rid of this distinction between pastors and elders and bishops and get back to what the scripture says, I, I, the elders are going to foster this kind of thing. But as people grow, they will be teaching others. When we set it up in this dichotomy where you've got the ordained, the, the special class of leaders who've been to seminary, then you've got the next rank of elders who haven't been to seminary, but they basically serve the the pastor, everyone else says, okay, they're the ones that do the admonishing and teaching and the rest of you just come and receive. That's not the way the church is designed. If elders are teaching well, then the body begins to grow in maturity and they're able to equip, teach one another, which is what we see happening uh, here. And that's what he says, admonish one another, teach one another. And one of the means that we Use for that is psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So as we've started meeting and started asking the question, how do we do that? Right? In your traditional model, you're you're singing to the Lord. You're all facing the front. You're not really singing to each other. But even in our gathering, we're all encircled and, and sitting on the floor and on the sofas and things and, and singing where you can see everybody else, what does it really mean to sing to one another and teach and admonish one another with song? So I don't know if uh, if this is what Paul meant by this, but we're, as we've tried to figure out what that looks like, we uh, at least are, are doing it this way where I will ask, what what is it about this song? So you you have a song that you think would be a, you know encouragement to the rest of us. What is it about that song that has grabbed your attention, that, that's caused you to reflect and how can that be encouragement to others? And then we'll just read through the lyrics and anybody who has a comment, 
that sees something in the song that is is helpful and encouraging and and teaching and admonishing, hey, we need to do this, we need to be like this, whatever, uh, that we talk about it and and then we sing it. And that also has the advantage of making sure we know what we're singing. Did you sing any songs yesterday that you really didn't know what you're singing until the words came across your face, your eyes as you were singing it and uh, not really sure what you were singing? Have you ever sung lyrics that you thought later, shouldn't have sung that? <laughs> that's, that's just not a great, uh, great lyric. Well, we avoid some of that by going through the songs together before we actually sing them. Uh, so we'll do that. Uh, we'll sing a few songs depending on how long the, uh, the admonishing uh, time goes, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see and, and just kind of get a sense of, are we, uh, are we kind of done singing for now? Or sometimes we'll come back and sing another song. But anyway, that's kind of how we do, do our singing. And then, uh, I believe I've shared some of this with you, but, uh, the gladness and the joy that, uh, that the early church had, we have to recapture that. And that's why I start off, you know, these, uh, these live streams with my son's song, beautiful day, and, uh, just admonish you Every day, this is the day the Lord has made. It's a command to you. Rejoice and be glad in today. Monday, December 5th, year of our Lord Jesus, 2022. You're commanded to rejoice. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And the whole world, the media, everything that's going on out there is trying to make you, uh, to try to steal your joy and get your eyes off of the blessings of Jesus and on to all the hard things, because Satan, he loves to uh, discourage God's people that way. So one of the things we do uh, in our gatherings uh, pretty much every week is um, we just share. We go around, everybody shares. So what, how has the Lord blessed you this week? And, you know, we, when we get new people around, we introduce this as um, uh, every good gift. Every good gift is from your Father above. So it doesn't have to be... The Lord healed me from cancer this week. Uh, just simple things. Because I want our people to be trained to see every little thing that is a blessing from the Lord is really from Him, as well as the big things. And it's sort of easy to see the big things, it seems like, for us. But uh, He's blessing us day in and day out. If you have your eyes open today, you will see the Lord is blessing. If you're praying and your eyes are open looking for His answers, you're going to find them. And then you can praise him and give him thanks. And that promotes joy and, and uh, godly happiness, if you will. And so we, we just go around and share those. And, and um, yeah, and so we give him praise uh, for those. And then yesterday, in the midst of that, um, one of our, our, our sorry, say members, we don't really have members, one of our, our ladies got a text while we were sitting there, and, and her, uh, her granddaughter had uh, fallen, and they were rushing her to the uh, ER so we stopped and prayed for her and prayed for the family and, you know, that kind of thing. It's very family. It's very uh, informal as we as we do this. And then uh, after we share the blessings, uh, we typically sing the doxology. And then uh, we spent, you know, an hour or so, I guess longer, in uh, in Acts. We're, we're studying the book of Acts and I had some great discussion. So I come and I teach, but I don't lecture. It's not a free-for-all. It's not just a discussion. Everybody gets to share their thoughts and, oh, don't we feel good because everybody got to speak a word. No, I, I'm teaching. If they're not learning, then I failed to do my job, at my, fulfill my role as a teacher. But we do teach one another. And others have insights and others have uh, questions. And, and the dialogue is what 
makes it clear we're teaching. So as the as the leader, as the teacher, I make sure you know every rabbit trails, right? We all we're, we're prone to rabbit trails, and I tell them I got a, a shotgun and I will shoot those rabbits before we get too far away. But sometimes what seems like a rabbit trail can can actually be really really encouraging for everybody. So, you know, I make sure that we we bring it back. And again, I do have a, a goal to teach, not just to talk. I think that matters because there are groups and you've probably, we've all been in those small groups where it seems like it's just everybody throughout whatever you want to. And the goal really does seem to be to get as many people to participate as possible. That's not my goal. I'm not simply saying, I, I will feel good if you feel good, and you will feel good if you get to speak. That's not what we're after here. Real building up, real edification, and real teaching. So I'm teaching, and I'm, I'm responsible. I want to make sure that our people learn from God's word. But I also realize the ability to ask questions will enhance learning, and I'm not the only one that knows anything. So there is mutual edification going on. There is teaching going on. And whether I say it or somebody else does is irrelevant so long as truth is learned. And then we talk about what does this mean for us? And uh, we'll pray about it and ask the Lord to, to do, you know, whatever kind of thing. So uh, that, you know, that'll go on. I think yesterday went about an hour or so. Uh, sometimes that goes on an hour and a half and they say, can we, you know, break for lunch and then continue this conversation kind of thing. Um, so then, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll kind of come to a, a natural ending time. My wife and, and some of the other gals are up getting the food prepared. My wife will ask me, what time do you think we're going to eat? I'm like, I don't know, noon, 1230. And sometimes I'm early. Sometimes we're late, depending on just how the flow is going. Uh, and then we'll break and we'll have uh, some food and we always take the Lord's supper as we eat. And then people kind of naturally break up. Yesterday was very segregated. The men went over in the living room. The women sat around the kitchen table and uh, just had all kinds of conversations. And as I listen, again, there's some of it's lighthearted and fun and, and just life together. And some of it's continuing on, you know, the theme from, uh, from what we studied. Um, and then, you know, people, a few people will trickle off and go, go home, go do some things. And, and we had others that stuck around till nine o'clock last night. And we ate some more together in the evening and sometimes we go on hikes, sometimes people go rock climbing, uh, other, other kind of things. And, and again, weaving in and out, uh, sometimes we, we get out our guitars and sing some more. Um, and, and there's just this weaving in and out of, uh, of deeper, more intense conversations and, and other times, uh, less so. Um, so that's kind of how, how our Sunday went. Uh, we really do love each other like family. And that, again, is spilling out into not just Sunday mornings. It's not about, oh, I checked the box and went to Doug's house on Sunday morning, and now I did my Christian thing, and now I live my life. No, the, we, we're growing in love for one another. And we're, we're getting new people. New people are coming, young people. And they are hungry for this kind of fellowship and community. They love it. And they're coming back. And they're inviting their friends. Because they're just saying, look, the, the traditional model, these are not their words, but the traditional model uh, that just, it doesn't, it's not, it's not what they're seeking. And they love that we're digging in and wrestling with hard things and having time for hard questions and, and calling each other out, that kind of thing. And the fellowship and, and I don't know, they're, they're really enjoying it. Um, see Lon says here, 
Uh, do you have children in your midst when you sing the old hymns? I never understood them as a child. Do you explain them in child's terms like power in the blood? Yeah, we do. Uh, now, we don't have any children. We had some little children uh, in a family that moved away. So at the moment, we don't have uh, little children. But uh, yes, we've taken that time uh, for, well, for everybody. And, uh, and just we want to make sure everybody understands what we're singing. And so, for instance, uh, we, uh, we sang a few weeks ago. We sing, we sing this several times. We have uh, one gentleman that loves Mighty Fortress. And uh, so when we do that, if we have new people around, I always ask. And now they're, the people are kind of mocking me. They know I'm going to ask. What's a bulwark? Right? A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark. We sing that. Or Christmas time, um, we sing song. Or I uh, know it's a Come Thou Fount, right? Ebenezer. And so we, all right, what is an Ebenezer? What is a bulwark? What's a fortress? What are we singing about when we sing that, that uh, he's a mighty fortress? What do we need a fortress for? Uh, and and we, we pull up, we use a lot, we use a uh, site called hymnary.org, and they often have older versions of, of some of these songs that have two, two or three extra verses than we typically have in a hymnal or sing. And a lot of times they are rich, lyrically very rich. And I don't know why we don't sing them traditionally, but uh, we'll walk through and people don't know these verses because they don't, you know, didn't grow up singing them. So let's talk through and there's sometimes big words and unexpected words. And so, yes, Lon, uh, we do. We go through and we just talk about what do these words mean? And if we don't know something, we look it up in the dictionary. Like, what are we singing? Why would the hymn writer have put this? And are there scripture passages that inform, that, that, that motivated this lyricist to write this lyric? And sometimes that leads to some discussion of, you know, how much poetic license is this? Is the way this is described, is this distract, detracting from what the scripture says? Or is this an effective way to communicate something? And that's good for us to wrestle through that. I, I want our people not to just blindly sing and, and, you know, you listen to pop Christian radio and some of this stuff is just, it's awful and so trite. On the other hand, just because it's re- repetitive does not make it trite. Some of the Psalms are very repetitive. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. Just is repeated again and again and again. But there's a reason for that. So repetition is not what makes a song trite. So anyway, I hope that answers your question a lot. Well, I intended to uh, share with you uh, some plans to impact our city that have grown out of this. So I'll, I'll come back and share that tomorrow. It's, it's pretty, uh, it's very encouraging to me at least to uh, see how the Lord is moving in our midst as a local gathering to say, this is, we, how do we impact the city of Colorado Springs? So I'll share some of that tomorrow uh, if, you, if you join us. So have a great Monday in the Lord. Thanks for your questions. If you got more, put them in the comments and I'll, uh, I'll take a look at them later. Uh, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Take care.